We're live. All right, everyone. All right. So we're on with West and Fred. We're uh, chatting about uh, fire. Well, kick us off, Dave. Do the uh, announcement thingy. Welcome to the Tooele Happy Hour, starring Jared Anderson and David Weiss. Today's guests, Defense Sense LLC. They're going to show us or tell us about the value of defensive firearms training. Gentlemen, please introduce yourself. I guess I'll go first. Um, I'm Weston Brandon. I grew up in Tooele County, lived in Tooele and Rush Valley before moving up to Saratoga Springs. My family graduated from Westlake High School. Um, wife and I just bought a house, finally moved back into Tooele earlier this year. Been teaching classes with Fred and um, some other folks for two and a half years. How long has it been? Yeah, it's been like 28 months. About yeah. A little over two years now. And so I'm, I'm glad to be back out here because we teach them out here. We teach them in Grantsville. So I'm a lot closer to where we teach our classes. And yeah. I do refrigeration for a living. I fix ice cream machines. That's my day job. Yeah. And other restaurant equipment. I work for Taylor. How about uh McDonald's? I, uh, Yep, that always comes up. You I was just at McDonald's earlier today in Lake Point. That's all I'm saying. Valuable man. Now, does McDonald's hire you to break them? No. <laughs> just wondering. So it's, it's so rare that their machine's actually broken. It's Well, what is it usually that they just have a sign up that says we don't, they don't like making ice cream? Well, okay, there there is some truth to that. But usually when I show up, it's just what's called freezer locked. The screen says freezer locked. And it'll do that if the temperature of the ice cream up in the top, they call it the hopper where it's waiting to get pumped into the ice cream barrel. If that temperature gets above uh, 41 or 45 degrees for however long, then it freezer locks it and makes them clean it because they don't want bacteria or anything in their ice cream. Oh. So then, you Just know, teenage so kids that can't see up there, they go put ice cream in it and then they think they put the lid on and it's like halfway falling off and it's like leaving the door in your fridge open. So it just constantly it, cools. It's just, and then, yeah. And then it, it'll pump it into the ice cream barrel as you're drawing it out and then it freezes what's in there. And so, I mean, there's a number of user error things that they do to freezer lock the thing. And I usually just show up, clean it, start it back up and it's fine. So it's just a safety device. Yeah, it's a safety thing. And do you deal with uh, with uh, ice makers? No, we Taylor did make a couple few years ago, but that was before I worked with them. So I don't I don't work on ice machines. Okay, that's that was my big question. Kind of a I ended up like I do like me some McDonald's ice cream. I've I would like to the say the price I've, is right. I would like <laughs> to say I've tried it in the last five years, but I haven't. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I used to eat that stuff at the airport all the time when I worked there. Yeah. COVID, COVID's been good to me, so I, I you know who, who has some good ice cream. My favorite flavored ice cream that runs is Dairy Queen. And then America Burgers is pretty good with their ice cream, too. I fix their ice cream machine. Like, literally anybody that does any kind of soft serve anything, it's going to be a Taylor machine, at least here in Utah. Okay. All right. Well, I like that uh, that Mexican ice cream joint over there on Vine. It's right next to Vista Linda. They've got some good stuff in there. I don't think they use a tailor machine. So I haven't been there to work. Oh, they it's hard it out of buckets. Oh well, then yeah, yeah. Be, I, but anyway, so let's get on to this. So I've been preaching on here for a while um, that everyone should well not just uh, seek the knowledge and own a firearm, but you know, 
or not just own a firearm and, and, you know, learn self-defense, but seek out the knowledge. And a couple months ago, I went to a class that you guys were both instructors at. Um, it was a two day, uh, well, go ahead and take it away. Tell everyone about the class I went to. It's a John Farnham two day basic. So, so, carry so class. first of all, about two years ago, both West and I attended John Farnham's two day handgun class. Mm -hmm. He taught that here in Tooele County. And, uh, and of course, Mallory, she's been taking classes from him for 13, maybe 14 years. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so she has been teaching us how to teach his curriculum with his permission. And, uh, it's, it's not just skills with your hands. It's not just repetitive. It's the principles behind why would I use a gun to defend myself or my loved ones and in which situations you would, and how do you avoid getting into that situation and some of the re responsibility and the decisions that you make when you're using a firearm mm -hmm. to defend yourself. I mean, you're putting a piece of lead into somebody's body and, uh, and then that, there's also the piece where a lot of beginning shooters have never really thought about am I capable of shooting someone? Mm -hmm. So we, we help them cross that bridge for a couple of days and we discuss that a lot. A lot of mothers will say, yeah, I could, I could shoot somebody to defend my kids, but I don't know if I could for myself. And, uh, Mallory will always look at them and say, <laughs> do your kids need you? Yeah. Is there anyone else that can take care of your kids better than you? Let's take a minute and talk about Mallory. She's what, three foot eight and Spitfire. She's a small girl, I'll tell you what, but she she's is a, a warrior. She's a Spitfire. She is. Yeah. She's on it. She's very quick, very smart. She's an impressive lady in, in everything she does. Now, now, that's one thing I want to mention. When you take this class, the initiation of every, um, call it recital of the maneuver, kicks off with... Uh, a maneuver to do just kind of a mass de-escalation, you know, get get people away from you, and then it accelerates if it does. Right. But it, it kicks off. That's the beginning of the class is, is what to say to get people away from you that pose that possible threat to force you to defend yourself. Right. Exactly. They call those the tape loops. Yeah, the and tape loops. We call them tape loops because we want them to play in your head like they're on a tape loop. You know, you need to practice them like they're on mm -hmm. a tape loop while you're driving anytime. Just say them hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. And they're probably the most important part. Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. You know, especially, you know, if it, if it ever does happen, uh, if you follow that tape loop, you're going to stand a better chance of, of uh, not losing in court. Well, they say the best way to win a fight is to not be there in the first place. Yeah. Right. Or to yeah. not even have it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be there. Exactly. That's right. And there's there's one thing that John Farnham always teaches. He says, you know, follow these basic rules. Don't hang around stupid people. Don't mm -hmm. go to stupid places and don't do stupid things. And he mm -hmm. always chuckles and he says, and be to bed by 10 o'clock because he knows none of and us. And preferably your own bed. <laughs> yeah, right. preferably your own bed. But uh, if you think about any trouble that anybody's ever been in, anyone that listens to this, did you follow those three rules? <laughs> you know, were you with stupid people doing stupid things in stupid places? And, and it's, you know, to the high 90 percentile. Yeah. Yeah, you were. Yeah. So we, we control the trouble we can get ourselves into. 
Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, I think we skipped Fred's introduction. Oh, yeah. Maybe <laughs> a little bit of your background before we go too much further. Yeah, tell us about you, Fred. All right. Bought my first rifle at age 10 from my dad. <laughs> anyway, I, I grew up in Payson. Uh, and, uh, and then, uh, you know, after I got married, my wife and I have lived most of our life in North Utah County. And we lived four years out of state in Oregon and Nebraska. But we came back and uh, I got hired by the sheriff's office here four years ago. And I'm a sergeant in the jail. Before that, I worked two years for BYU police, 15 years for the highway patrol. Uh, three and a half years of that, I was on SWAT, which was just a kick in the pants. A lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Shot a lot of rounds. So I, I am a firearms enthusiast. Uh, I, and I got to tell you how I met West. Uh, we were at a basic handgun class two years ago, well, a little over two years ago, put on by... Uh, Todd Nelson Training and Consulting. It's an outfit out of Springville. Mm -hmm. they call, they're called BPMF now. But they were just teaching us a very basic class. And I hadn't shot much in 13 years because I got out of law enforcement for 13 years. And, you know, I'd go out and shoot Coke cans. and I'd create my own little hostage rescue thing and just practice myself. <laughs> um, but I hadn't attended a class. And so here I am in this basic class. And they just started us out drawing from the holster, shoot once, and then reholster. Do it again. They did that about seven times, and I and I was feeling pretty good. I was looking at my groupings, you know. I had pretty good groupings like this, and uh, I noticed that the guy next to me was shooting faster than me. His round was coming off quite a bit faster than mine, but I didn't even look. You know, I was focused on my accurate shooting. When we were done, I looked up, and I had a pretty good group, and I looked over to the target next to, to me, and... West had all his rounds inside of a half dollar. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, who the heck are you? And where did you learn to shoot like that? And that's how I met West. Oh, he's had my respect from that moment ever since he's a highly skilled handgunner. Yes, he is. I can, I can attest to that. Yeah. What, what kind of handgun do you use West? Well, I guess that depends on what day it is. <laughs> um, you, handguns are like accessories. Yeah. Um, my, what shoes am I wearing? I actually just recently changed what I was carrying every day, but for a long time I carried <clears throat> Springfield XDM. Mm -hmm. That's what I was shooting at that class. Um, now I carry a Glock 48, a little bit smaller, but I switched to an appendix carry rig. And I mean, we're, I'm changing how I'm doing stuff all the time. How's we, that appendix carry driving that van all the time? Is it, you know, at first, it kind of sucked, but once you get it figured out, you kind of find the sweet spot for where you carry. And I'm obviously, I'm I'm a big guy. Okay, I got a little bit of happy gut going on, mm -hmm. right? So that can be super uncomfortable if you don't have the right kind of holster. And I got what they, the company's called Folster, P-H-L-S-T-E-R, mm -hmm. and it's the Enigma is what they call it, which is essentially just a chassis that you then bolt your holster to. And they do make holsters also. But if they don't have ones for your specific firearm, then there's other companies who make different holsters that will attach to their chassis system. That's what I did for my Glock 48. So it's, a, it's an appendix frame, and then you... Yeah, so it, if I were to stand up and take this off, it's I got like this sport band that's underneath my shirt that comes around, and then it clicks to this carbon fiber chassis system here. And I've got a hard Kydex holster bolted onto that. Mm -hmm. And then there's a little leg leash that wraps around your leg and clicks on so that when you're pulling your gun out, it doesn't... You know, you don't lift your holster clear up to your ear trying to do it. And 
that's the basics of, of what they offer you. And then they have a Facebook group called the Fulster Concealment um, Workshop. I think Fulster Concealment Workshop. Mm-hmm. And so I went on there and there's a whole bunch of bigger guys like me that carry appendix with no problem. And so I started searching like pelvic bone pain because that's what I like. The muzzle was digging into my pelvis. Oh, yeah. Sit down and it hurt like hell. And then it'd make you sit weird. Yeah. Then, and then it like push your ass like, falls like, asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so I looked up some of these problems and ways the guys had fixed them. And what I ended up doing to fix mine was I went to Walmart and got one of those gel foot inserts for your boot. Just a cheap $5 one. And I cut the heel off of it. And I Velcroed it onto the inside of my holster, right where it pushes against my pelvis. So it's just a nice gel. So just like a now. little flap, like right at the base of it. Yeah, huh? see, my, hol- my muzzle's right here. My holster's kind of a square shape. It's got a light on mm-hmm. there, too. And I've just got that heel of that gel pad kind of glued on the back of that plastic. So that's what's pushing against my skin. Mm. That, it's comfortable as I'll get out. So, Is it more comfortable than open carry? Uh no, I don't think anything is comfortable to open carry. I mean, had, <laughs> if I had my choice, I'd be carrying what what law enforcement carry on their pistol belt, where it actually pushes the holster out from your body about half an inch. Oh yeah, and that's when it's the most comfortable because you got that more freedom to sit down, and it's just always there and secure. But oh yeah, I I like open carry. I've got some nice open carry holsters, but I mean, for realistically going around town at work or going to the store, I'm not going to wear. Last thing you want to do is cruise into McDonald's to fix the ice machine. People make the argument that open carry is a deterrent and stuff, which you can make that argument all day. And I'm not saying I necessarily disagree with that, but I'm like, if you don't need to tell everybody that you have a gun, why would you? It's also a deterrent from that little old lady (laughs) feeling comfortable talking to you too. It it is. Mm. I've open carried before. I I mean, when I'm hunting, I open carry on a chest holster, but it's so, just sometimes when I'm on my way to the range, I'll yeah. open carry going yeah. into Seven Eleven or whatever. But yeah, you know, I I open carried for 17 years as a patrol officer. Yeah, and it is nice. It's easier. It's, yeah, you know, but people expect to see a police officer with a gun on them. Yeah, uh, I do. Matter that. of fact, undercover police officers conceal theirs. Yes. Yes. Even though that they still, even yeah. if even if you're a detective and they know you're a detective, they would still be put off if they were open carrying. You, you want to keep your ace hidden mm-hmm. until it's time to show your ace. When they make nuclear deployment right. devices that I can fit under my shirt, that will be what I carry. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, so, so what do you carry, Fred? Dirty rats. Well, I'd, if, are you guys interested in knowing which is the very best handgun? Sure, go for it. Okay. <laughs> the very best handgun is the one that you practice a lot with, yeah. become highly proficient with. That, that is, is true. That is my answer. That is true. And, yeah. and I'm Even if you, it says high point, it, that is I'm, true. Well, I'll tell you what, we had a guy down in St. George at a class, showed up with a high point. We gave him so much crap about having that gun, and he outshot 90% of the people in that course with that gun. I didn't think it was going to make it through a magazine, but he did he awesome with the high, high point. High points are bricks. They are. They're ugly. They're but they was so ugly. <laughs> They're damn reliable. But uh, now, when I say a brick, I mean the brick literally square has like the ruddy exterior. They need to paint them red. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> so so to answer your previous question, I, I'm a Glock guy. Yeah. Um, and that comes from having been issued Glocks mm-hmm. in law enforcement. Uh, the Highway Patrol gave us uh, Glock 22s. 
when I was working with the detectives unit, I carried a Glock 23. It's a little smaller to, you know, conceal on a shoulder rig. Mm-hmm. Um, my entire time on SWAT, we carried Glock 22 C's compensated. The, the Charlie models. Yep. The yeah. Charlie model. And, uh, and I have more miles on a Glock 22 than any other. Well, here at the sheriff's office, our issued weapon is a nine millimeter Glock 17. Mm-hmm. And which there's nothing wrong with that gun, especially with modern. You know, I used to kind of badmouth nine millimeter, but with modern ammo, oh yeah, you're good to go. It's oh, yeah. it's just fine. Well, that's no, I know. Know. that's all I know is nine mil because yeah. that's all they gave us in the military. Anytime, yeah. any store you walk into, you can walk out with a box of nine millimeter. So, so having that said. I bought another Glock 22 two weeks ago. Did you? <laughs> and so I'm back in the Glock 22. Now the world. Glock 22. And you see the smile on my face. I love the. It's a 40 caliber. It's a 40. With the ballistics yeah. of that. That is very close to that of a 357 Magnum. Yeah. Very close. It's yeah. a very powerful round. Yeah. And I love it. Snaps hard. It does. It it takes a little more practice to control mm-hmm. it, but uh, it can be done. My wife carries a Glock 23. and that's a 40 caliber glock and she has no problem she has no i'll bet you i could give her a nine millimeter or a 40 and she really wouldn't know the difference she's too focused on sight picture so she's she's supposed to be doing she's gotten past that yeah Uh, she's gotten to where uh the expectation of surprise yes okay so she's gotten past the rest exactly well 40 that to more than one student in class before to switch them they got this little Dinky, nine millimeter Ruger, LCP, little crappy pistol. Or, I think or is what the, that stands the, for. Another so. one is the M&P Shield. It's <clears throat> it beats up on you. If you yeah. run yep. that for two hundred rounds, you're gonna know it. Yep. They're so light. Full size twenty two forty cal. They're like, oh, this is way better. So, I mean, snappiness of your recoil is a lot dependent on the actual gun compared to the caliber yeah the heavier the heavier the pistol the less the recoil gets transferred into your wrist i mean if i shoot a 25 pound 22 cal i'm not gonna feel a damn thing yeah but you carry a high point weighing in at what eight pounds (laughs) dry see and and i say i'm a glock guy but i also watch these guys with their guns they perform at such a high level Mm -hmm. and that takes me back to my opinion that the gun that's best is the one that you put the time in with and become highly proficient with. And I, and I always tell people, look, the bad guys aren't going to be wearing body armor and Kevlar helmets. Hopefully not. Usually. Right. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter if you're going to get shot with a 22, a nine or a 45 or whatever, you're going to feel it. Yeah. If you're one of those people running around without body armor. I agree. And, and, and if you're a small person and you feel that recoil, Man, get comfortable with those lower calibers and uh, and uh, just don't don't. I I, I usually I, like my wife. She can't shoot. She can't go off on a nine mil. She has to use something lower, three eighty or something like that. Uh, twenty two. Twenty two. shooter. You know, I'll give her a twenty two. Something mag like leave. that. <laughs> but you, I don't want to discourage her by right. giving her something powerful, and that's that's one thing like. When you're talking to the ladies and the smaller people, I, I always encourage them to go, go low, go low. Yeah. So, so send her to one of our classes. We'll help her graduate. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of classes ago, we had this young girl show up. I, I'm guessing she was 16 or 17 years old and she had 
really long fingernails, and I thought, oh my goodness this is gonna be tough how am i gonna yeah how do you you curl that back and she was so motivated she just figured it out and she was shooting a glock 48 Mm -hmm. nine millimeter small either that or a 43a that's awesome and uh, she's just rocking it she you know at the end of two days she was just getting it done like everybody else i think it was mallory's 48 that she was shooting. okay all right I can't remember her name, but she she was a best friend of Mallory's niece. And, that's and I remember looking at those nails when we started the day and thinking, <laughs> I'm not sure how this is going to work. But you know it's what? Like you can't it, ask her to take them off. They're glued. They're super glued yeah. on there, you know. But she figured it out. She found that trigger well every time and just kept on going. And she so, passed the I, I yeah, believe she, she passed, passed the test, test she too. Did. Yeah, she did. She rocked And uh, I love, yeah. I, I do, I'm a always been a big fan of Glocks. Um, you know, I, every time... I think Glocks, if you're going to be a first-time shooter, would probably be the ideal first-time shooter pistol. Um, it's, I, I like them because they're simple. They're, I started in law, law enforcement with a revolver. You know, yeah. we had to, you know, the only thing wrong with the revolver is that serious malfunction after the sixth round, <laughs> you know. And But we got really good at reloading mm-hmm. with our speed loaders, too. We were quick, yeah. quick, quick, you know. But I'll tell you what, uh, it was a beautiful day when they let me shoot my first Glock because it's just simple. It yeah. always goes bang. You can dip it in a barrel of tar and it goes bang. I yep. mean, it's just, it just works. I like them. Yeah. And if you double a, or triple your capacity compared to that revolver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's the cheapest ammo to use these days? For target? 22. Oh, yeah. I'll, I mean, but for. For real. Hand, for handguns, probably. Yeah, nine's cheaper. Blazer. So, so I can get, I can blazer get nines nine. in Salt Lake for about 38 cents around. I can get. 40 caliber for about 42 cents around 38 cents around for nine huh there's a ammo prices are dropping recently they are too i get all my ammo from hsl ammo in st george Mm -hmm. which is it's not factory new per se they technically reload all the casings all the bullets are new obviously because you're not gonna pick up bullets but they they manufacture those by the thousands and thousands down in st george and it's the highest quality ball ammo that i've shot i've gone through i started buying ammo from them a year ago I've, so i've probably gone through five five six thousand rounds of hsl ammo. i haven't had a single misfire yet and if if you're just punching holes in paper go as cheap as cheap you can as long as they go bang you know because yeah. there are some you know you can get some people to reload and about every 16th round doesn't go bang that's not worth it yeah and stay away from the steel casing if you can yes that's a yeah. that that damages most weapons. I mean, with your with your Kalashnikov, that's all my Kalashnikov knows. Yeah, your Kalashnikov no. is probably fine because the Russian says, "Oh, it needs this big," and they added to it. It was like building a fifty-seven mm. Chevy. They just added more tolerance. But you know, try to stay away from steel because steel doesn't contract after it fires, and that's where the damage is done. And they got that. It's like lacquered or something on the outside of that. Mm-hmm. When your gun gets hot, if you're shooting a lot and it gets hot, it gets really sticky and yeah. you start having some. Well, yeah, that's that's what it does. This the brass shoot the fires and and it expands, but then it contracts real quick. That's my shoulder fired weapon right there. Yeah, there you oh, go. Yeah, it looks pretty bad. So yeah, I'm, I know what you're talking about on the steel casing. Good. Yeah, and that's one beautiful thing about a Kalishnikov is you can feed it some junk. Yeah, you know, where an AR generally you don't want to feed it any junk. Because that extractor extractor clip is kind of too small for what you want. 
If you know that ahead of time, you just have some extra extractor clips. Well, yeah. You, yeah. you don't want to be in a battlefield situation. <laughs> no. I've shot steel through my Chris, AR. I, and I have too, but I try to avoid ARs it. don't do well with it. Um, I shot, you know, when ammo was a, a dollar twenty around, I bought a bunch of steel case for my Glock, and it did fine. Well, it's a Glock. But it's also dirty yeah. and messy, and it's harder on the gun. And you got to yeah. be careful. Those Russians are news, known to use corrosive primer. Yes, too. you got you better clean that gun after yep. every time you shoot. Yep. Yeah, it's not like if you buy a good, you know, set of Hornady, you can take it right. home, and it'd be all right for the next range day. That's right. you got to clean it that night, or you're going to get some spindling inside yep. of there. That's why I like these Russian guns. I mean, you could just abuse the heck out of them. I remember when the government was paying for my ammunition. I remember one time we'd have, like, our mags loaded here, and then we'd tape one upside down here, and then another one here, and we'd just go to town, and those things would go forever. Good yep. times when the government's paying for it. You sure know a lot about guns for a guy that doesn't own any. I know. I borrow guns. He fishes a lot, and he loses them on uh, his fishing expedition. Every damn boat. time. Yeah. Every damn time. I think I think the one you brought to class last time you lost on the way home. Right? I did, I did, and it was borrowed too. I still owe that guy. <laughs> yeah, but the, yeah, that last class I went to, I I was uh, I was sporting a Glock forty three, and that's I, I like it. It's a good pistol. Um, Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, the first class I went to, I had the the Canic uh, Mete or whatever they call it, you know. The, I love that pistol. I love well, the, the way it the shoots. The trigger on the Canic like is the sweet. Uh, it's about the finest trigger. Yes. It's a, out of the box trigger that you could yeah. probably get. And, and it's a full body pistol. So it, it you know, it really doesn't and have And they a lot come of with the add ons for a red dot. Mm -hmm. It comes with all the gear now, you need. Now, that, that Met, however you say that. Mete. Because um, I know Rooster runs a Canic TP9 mm -hmm. SFX. And for on the optics plate where he has a the rear iron sight is on the optic plate. So mm -hmm. if he wants to put the red dot, he loses rear iron. Is it the same on the... No, this is the this is the next gen of that where I still retain the uh, co-witness oh, good, when I good. put optics on. So the, the cut is just before it. Okay, that's good. And you then just got, You just got to learn how to point shoot. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, did, I don't I know. I did an eight-hour <laughs> class one where when we showed up to the range, uh, they taped our sights with black electrician's tape yeah and we shot for eight hours with no sights it was point shooting just, so so you'd shoot at the round piece of steel and you'd see where you hit and then you would adjust and by the end of the night it was ping 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 so it was just, amazing how good we got at point shooting you're just getting that muscle memory yeah. and and with the glock that or well now you wouldn't want to go from a glock to say it changes everything because the glock has a just right. a Tiny sharper yep. cant to that handle. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. you'd have to get used to that one gun. <clears throat> now, one saying that we always do, say in our our training, it, it, you know, one drill we do is we do the battlefield pickup. Remember, we mm -hmm. everybody shot everybody else's gun at yep. least two times, and the purpose of that is so that you learn how different guns run. And, and also, a lot of people there were wanted to they wanted to buy a gun, so they wanted to. So, yeah. yeah, that's a that's a great point for anybody listening that is wanting to take a class. I don't. It's. Our I don't gun. find it any necessary that you have to buy a gun before you take a class. At least our class. I don't no. know how other people are because, like, we'll loan you a gun. Yeah. To use. Well, Holly then, showed up and uh, borrowed a gun for her shoot, and then I took her and Lauren out two weeks ago, 
And uh, we just went to get some, borrowed six of their guns like I do. Perfect. I'm, I'm good at bar. And they got to shoot them because they're both in the market for a new pistol. Yeah. And so we tried them on a 1911 platform and on a Glock platform and on a uh, Springfield platform, Smith & Wesson platform, so that they could run through them and see them. And then they got to, they rated them at the end of every time. They each, in the end, had two different favorites. You know, it well, gets away. that's it awesome that you did that for them idea. because that's what people need. They need a little experience so they can make their own decision. Mm -hmm. Well, that's feel the, good about what they chose. Well, that's that's what we should use the public library for. Is we should be able to rent <laughs> and borrow <laughs> artillery guns and things like that. And uh, you know, so we know. Yeah, <laughs> I want to sign out but the one five five. I'm sorry, the one five five is already out. But will you do with the one oh five? We have a ten inch out back. But well, one one of the one of the uh, sayings we say in our training is that whatever slides down the bar through the vomit and the glass and the beer yep, is the best gun in the world right now. <laughs> yeah, it this is. That's all I got. To yeah, what is with, right? Farm right? Oh, Herfinder for 3000 <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's true. I mean, and so it, to be able to have a little bit of knowledge of all the guns so that if ever you did have to just go with whatever you can mm -hmm. get your hands on you'd be able to be confident in operating it. So that's one of the reasons mm -hmm. we do that battlefield pickup drill. And a lot it's, of the new shooters yeah. that, that do that drill, um, when they come to class, a lot of times the handgun that they either bought to bring to the class or that we loaned them is the first and only handgun that they've ever shot, or at least in a very, very long time. Yeah. And yeah. so then they get somewhat comfortable with that specific handgun because they've done a whole, probably a 12-hour day before that and then a half a day the next day before we get to that drill. So they're like, okay, I think I can do this gun. But then they look at all these other guns that look similar, but they're all different. And they're like, well, freak, I don't, I don't know, you know? So then they get to pick them all up and they're like, oh, these all work the same. Mm -hmm. Essentially, one might have a manual safety on it or something. Well, Browning kind of kicked off how all of them work. It's the takedown that changes. Right. And then Pretty much Glock made them all striker-fired, and now everybody just kind of makes their own version well, of yeah, Glock. Well, yeah, yeah. You know. Just to, just to throw a statistic or two out there, um, the state of Utah has issued somewhere between seventy and 80,000 concealed carry permits. Mm -hmm. And some of those are going to be to out-of-staters. Mm -hmm. But uh, on the average, people who go out and buy a gun, two years later, 70% of those guns will still be in the box they purchased it. And the average is five to seven rounds has been fired through that gun. Yep. So people will go buy a gun, makes them feel secure. But what they do with that gun does not provide security. No, they, they well, even close to it. They put it in a drawer. They put it in a safe. They put it and then they, they don't use it. They, you know, it sits and collects dust. And, and you think like that average is five to seven rounds have been shot through any gun that's been bought. And it's probably because, 95% of them are never shot. And then the few that are owned by guys like us get shot thousands and thousands of times. Oh, yeah. We're, we're <laughs> keeping know, the... We're the ones that would even the, bring the that up to the five or seven rounds. And yeah. I know mine's been dry fired more than it's been live fired. That's a good thing. <laughs> uh, you can learn more about accuracy by dry firing than live firing. You learn sure. more about yourself. Yes. Absolutely. One of our instructors, Eric, who mm -hmm. he runs his little things called Everyday Defenders. And he helps us teach, and he's a phenomenal gunfighter. Mm -hmm. And he had a friend 
from, I think he came from another country that he had met and he would, was applying for a security position for the LDS church. I don't know if it was at the office building or something like that. And one of the requirements was that they would go through like a firearms skills test, essentially a qualification. And he asked Eric, he says, Hey, I'm going to have to do this, but I have, I never shot a gun. I never done a, at least a handgun. And so Eric told him to do a couple of things for dry practice, gave him a, a gun to use and said, okay, for the next week, every night for 10 minutes, do this. And then the next week is like, okay, now add this and do it for 10 minutes every night. And it was like a couple of weeks later, he outshot every single applicant on that qualification. Just and dry practice. Eric's, uh, he's a damn machine in his muscle memory on his draw and shoot. Oh, yeah. And that absolutely comes from dry practice. He is, he's a machine. And he's got all of us convinced that appendix carry is the future. <laughs> I just still don't know if it'll, if it'll work with the spare, you know, with the spare tire. I still don't know if it'll work. Yeah. Uh, like mine, it'd have to be called more, um, when when we're done here, I'll I'll stand. I'll show you how I've got mine. Yeah, because we're similar body types. Oh yeah, I finally figured out how that that actually works on my body. So. We'll have to take notes. But anyway, so we'll read through comments here in just a second. But talk about you've got a class coming up this weekend, yes. a two day class, the eleventh and twelfth okay. of yeah, November, and it's down at the uh, Grantsville Police range yep if anybody's curious and they aren't taking the class they can come in and watch in for a while and see what we do to help decide whether yeah. they want to take a future class more mm -hmm. welcome what, now, is, uh, what does a class cost for for the audience two hundred dollars for the two-day class yes and that's about i mean it varies depending on the season because summers are longer days but it probably averages 18 to 20 hours of instruction and when, you're going to want to bring a, when we attended john farnham's class he charges $750. Oh, I'm sure. He's the guy who invented the yeah. program. And, and it's, it's worth it. It's He's 100 good. 100% worth it. And you want to bring about 300 rounds of ammo. Yeah, Probably use about 200, but I would yeah, hate but to bring run 300. out. Well, actually, I used about 350. Well, that, I'd say that also because, depends on how trigger happy because every time we said to shoot four, you shot seven. Well, and, you know, yeah. I'm just saying. I can't count. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and It was great. And also... I I like to shoot. Yeah. So if someone wasn't getting up to the firing line to test, I jumped in. And that that's another point. If we have a smaller class, then we don't we don't we'll use if we have a bigger class, we'll do we'll kind of split into two relays or two groups. So while one group of six or seven people are on the line, then the other group is behind them, either watching or reloading their mags or getting a drink or whatever. So mm -hmm. you'll shoot a little less rounds by the time the class is done. If it's a bigger class versus a smaller class, like the one we have coming up this next week. So far, it's smaller. We have seven students for that one. We'll probably run all seven of them on the line. I don't know. We'll see how that yeah, goes once we probably get there, will. But you, You'll probably be able to for most of it. Yeah, you know? for, for most. So they'll probably end up shooting a little bit more mm -hmm. than our average class. You go in. They'll probably be like three hundred. Do you like do the instructions where like, all right, now go into the prone position, <laughs> load five <laughs> rounds into your cliff. Oh, See, that, that just that uh, just brings back memories. I'm not so sure I want to have. That's, <laughs> that's, that's all I can think of when I go to the freaking range. See, these aren't anything like the military ranges. No, nothing, okay. nothing like that. Now they are semi-formal, but you're expected to be an adult there. They're not going to hold your hand through. 
every step. You're expected to. What John Farnham says is he says, this is not a mother may I range. If you need to do something, find a berm, deal with your gun. Don't ask for permission. Just be an adult about Mm -hmm. it. Sort it out. We've had military guys and currently serving law enforcement guys come through our class and especially on the military side where they, I mean, Mm. your basic training goes through a lot of the stuff on M16 platform. Yeah. They just take those guys can break that thing down. They just take two weeks to learn what you guys would perform in four hours. (laughs) Seriously. Mm -hmm. That's what they do. But then and correct me if I'm wrong, but they don't do hardly any training with sidearms. He was Air Force. My, my job was pretty specific. It's like we're on a flight crew. So all we got was a sidearm, but we've had other guys from army Marines, Nate, I think we had a guy from the Navy once. Anyway, very well, few of them were ever sidearms. Sidearms. Build grade NCOs, officers, MPs, and some medics once in a while. And I wasn't that great at. I only shot expert like once on my nine mil. You know, here, here's the deal: shoulder fired weapons are easy to shoot compared to handguns. Mm-hmm. Handguns are extremely difficult to shoot accurately. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of skill, a lot of practice, a lot of understanding of what you're doing. You know, with today's optics, a shoulder-fired weapon, put the thing on the thing and pull the thing. I mean, it's easy, yep. you know? Yeah, if, if, you, if, if you're outside of Parkinson's, yeah. you'll be all right. Yep, yeah. exactly. But Which, So let's let's call out your website real quick. It's Defense Sense. Defense Sense USA.com. Okay. Go on there. Now, if anybody wants to get a hold of you guys to sign up for this class. Yeah. The website has a contact form on it. So if you fill that out, then I'll get an email with everything that you said on there. Okay. And I'm usually pretty quick within a couple of hours to respond to any email because, like I said, I, I fix ice cream machines. So if I'm elbows deep in a McDonald's <laughs> machine, I'm not going to email you back right that minute. But the same day i'll get back to you and, the same day and at least right now you can sign up for west class or mallory's class on that on our website. website yeah so whenever mallory's class is scheduled so he, he facilitates that for mallory and then good everybody good. It, it shows right now we just do it through venmo and it has like the qr code and stuff if you click on that register for a course then it pulls you up to a a google form and it asks like your name your phone number and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. what class you want to take you know just the information that we need from you and then it'll show you how to pay for the class down lower and if it's for mallory's class you still venmo that but then i just take it i just flip so it you guys you guys and you guys work together you guys are both separate llc's but if yeah. she's shooting and, a class you're gonna show up and be a uh, uh, an assistant right. and if you're shooting one she'll show up be an assistant right and we, we like doing that for at least two reasons one of them is that when either of us is leading a class we get a lot less one-on-one time with a student because mm-hmm. we're leading the whole group and yeah. keeping everything on track yeah mallory wasn't able to give a lot of one-on-one time right and both of us you... really like doing that oh yeah you know that's that's where i get a lot of the enjoyment if, of being if, if i get a shooter you know i've tried everything i can and they're still pulling their rounds i'll get west over there and say Take your, do your magic, buddy. Mm-hmm. And he's just really good at that. How to hold that weapon, what what to think in your mind, and how to get that round to go right where you want it to go. He's he's better at that. I'm pretty good at it. But every once in a while, I'll find somebody I can't get him over the hump, and West is really good at doing that. And I really enjoy doing that. So when Mallory's teaching class, I get to do that the whole time. Yeah. And I have so much fun doing that. 
you get you to know? be a mentor and right not and a then teacher. the other thing is because we're both we both have our instructor certifications and our own llc and all you know the all the background bs that you have to have to be able to do this <clears throat> if for some reason one of us can't make a certain weekend doesn't matter because the other one will be there so we can still you know from liability perspective and all that bullshit that we have to deal with we can still put on the class so, so it's not if, limited to just one say if mallory schedule. could make it saturday and you could make it sunday could you still carry a class through exactly yeah totally so so another thing that happens is usually when west has his classes he has them on friday and saturday mm-hmm. usually when mallory has her classes she has them on saturday, saturday and sunday, sunday. Now, the value of that is some people can't take Fridays off. Mm-hmm. They can't and take the vacation people, day, so they can go Saturday have, and Sunday. Other people don't want to shoot on Sunday. They have so they've got an option, you know, they've got an option to shoot mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday. So we kind of take care of both ends of that. That's good. Now, do you give out a different hat pin at yours? Yeah, I don't do the pins like Mallory does. I do patches. You do the patches. Yeah, now, I, the patches. I got a patch from you. Yep, and I'm just ordering some new patches that are a red version and a gold version uh-huh. for the, the time standards that you heard on the test. The, the 35 seconds is a general pass or graduate or, or whatever you want to call it. And then that 22 seconds was just a higher standard to me. Right. So um, that's, so yours, how you've got, she's got the gold pin and the silver, and the silver pin. You're yep. going to have a red, have that patch that, I, that patch that I just kind of gave everybody for a while. That's going to be the 35 second one. Then the red patch, will be 22 seconds and then we're adding a third i'm adding a third performance standard on my classes of 12 seconds that mm. most all of our instructors are already under 12 seconds for that test but it puts just another goal to reach for those students who have beat the 22 seconds yeah so i'm not under that 12 i think i'm because line. To, to be honest most people any i'll say anybody that has done a fair amount of training should easily be able to pass that test in 22 seconds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It shouldn't be I, I super difficult for somebody who has some experience handgunning and has. Taken I remember training. mine was. I was like a 13. Yeah, your last that's, time you took it was like a 13. That's a half. good time. That's that's yeah. a quick. Time. Uh, you're getting but, it done. But I've I've you know it. I've had a substantial amount of training, and it was obvious mm-hmm. when I saw you shoot. What, yeah. what, what's the test? What's this test? So, <clears throat> ten beer bottles or something. <laughs> or, no, you um. I can't remember if Good John question. said he stole it from Tom Givens, but Tom Givens and John Farnham both have an almost identical skills test. You could look this up on YouTube and find it. John Korea from Active Cell Protection did a whole video on the Tom Givens test. And what it is, um, one of them will do five yards, one of the other one will do seven yards, so it, it's right in there. But essentially you have... Ours is eight. John Farnham's eight yards. Eight yards. And so you have to start in what we call an interview stance, mm-hmm. which is one hand is out, you know, keeping distance between you and whoever asshole is right mm-hmm. and you have to be in motion so you're walking laterally along the firing line you're not front to back you're walking around you have to look behind you at least once during the drill and then we have a shot timer that'll just keep track of how long it's been since a certain beep happens and each shot happens after that and we'll say okay once you start interview stance you're moving you can start when you hear the beep we'll push the button and then anywhere for between one and four seconds after that it beeps and starts counting time and your magazine in your fire so you got one live round in the chamber you have to do a malfunctions drill mm-hmm. during the test which means you've had a misfire so that so comes from a dummy round that we're yeah. going to put in your magazine at, at some point so you got five you don't know where it is you got five live rounds 
in your magazine plus a dummy. And someone else loads it to wherever they mm-hmm. want it. Just can't be first or last. So you shoot until you hit that dummy round, then it's going to click. Nothing's going to happen. Yep. Call that the loudest sound in a gunfight. Yep. Right? You got <laughs> so to fix a malfunction. You got to mm-hmm. clear on the move. So you got to start moving once you, while you're clearing. Mm-hmm. You got to shoot, slap rack. Tap rack. Yep. Reassess. Come back up. Keep shooting. And then here after a couple more rounds, you're going to be out of ammo. The magazine. Slide's going to lock back. Yeah. You got to do a mag change. Under yeah, move. It's just like military. You, if you're not shooting, you're moving. And so then you got to do a magazine magazine change. You've got to move while you do it, reassess, fire two more, and then and then we just look a at total the timer. of eight rounds. Yep. And after your eighth shot, we look at the timer and it says when how many seconds it had been from the beep till your eighth shot broke, and that's your test time. So so what's difficult for new shooters that have only been there for two days is you're you're stacking on what do you say to the suspect? Mm-hmm. Are you moving? Are you clearing the malfunction properly? Are you reloading properly? Oh, and if you miss a round, it's a fail. Yeah. You have to hit the rectangle that we yeah, create for you. Yeah, not a shot factor. And you got to like do all this shooting accurately. So basically, you're stacking all these things into one 35-second test, and it is really quite a challenge. Mm-hmm. Hardly anybody ever passes it their first try. I think we've had three or four students pass it on their true very first attempt. Now there's some people that come to a return class and their first attempt on their second class, they might pass it or something, but I think we've only had three or four students pass it in their very, very first. So I do want to say this about tests and drills. Okay. I I heard a, I heard an instructor once bad mouthing some Navy SEALs that came to his class because they ran, ran them through the scramble is what they call it. They had their own little test and they all did poorly. They forgot to talk to their suspect. Well, the, I don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. they just threw a grenade, right? <laughs> but uh, they backed right. up and called but it. I will say that any organization that focuses on a test or a drill is going to get very good at it. And anybody that's new to that is going to struggle with it. And I don't care what level of proficiency, which branch of service, you know, which SWAT team or which special ops unit. If, if, if you're going into something cold, it's going to be a far greater challenge than if you've done it 15 times. Well, if that's just the way it is. If you guys threw this test at someone say day one, first thing you do, you wouldn't have one pass. No guarantee it no way um now i have a substantial amount of of experience with firearms and so you know i walked in there pretty lucky but i was impressed with the class i think had one of the best full spectrum covers of knowledge that it needed for me the most important part was that tape loop yeah i really like that i like that it's simple they broke it down so that if you can memorize five sentences you can make it through that just repeat those that tape loop and i think that i even requested can i get this laminated for a wallet size thing so i can you know hang it on my mirror and and (laughs) have something to you know have my afternoon prayer you know um but the shooting part was excellent you guys pushed the shooting you pushed the speed you pushed the draw it was very good then i went to your uh, speed shooting course. Yeah, we at first we called it handgun speed and accuracy, but we adjusted that to concealed handgun efficiency. Yeah, call it now. and that was a really good course. I mean, both of them were excellent. Both I'm, of them. I'm were, looking forward to it. 
Yeah. I get to be a student in that class. I'm yeah. Oh, you're showing up as yeah. a student? Yeah. Good. Right. Absolutely. And we're always taking other classes as students. Well, yeah. Too. You know, we go out to the farm out in Fairfield and take classes from the likes of Todd Nielsen and Matt Newbold. And we'll go up and train with Randy Watt. He runs Dustin, Warriors Dustin Henson yep. with Combative Concepts. We had Dustin come out to Grantsville at least once, I think. Uh, once he's, or twice. He's, yeah, he came out. I've I've been to three classes of his out at Grantsville. The first one was the carving class where we closed right, our I think butts I missed off one. two years ago. <laughs> and then he did a handgun. That's the one. And I that did. was really good. But then he also did a shotgun. Mm. tactical shotgun class which was a kick in the pants i it's a kick in the shoulder I for the next that. three days you yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll bet. fun class yeah it's it's about we we're so lucky here in in northern utah we have so many really good trainers mm -hmm. around here like from here in Twilla, within two hours i can access of all the, the people that I've taken classes, probably 10 different really good instructors. So and there's you a know. group that teaches up Spanish Fort Canyon uh, right there by the Thistle Turnoff, the, the Sheriff's Office range. There's an entire cadre of people that teach there, and we haven't even been to their classes. I've Might done one be. class at that range only because my brother-in-law is an officer that has access to that range, and we did a class there once, but I don't know who that group is, though. Well... Can we go through the comments real yeah, quick? Sure. Uh, we got Utah Patriots says, "Howdy guys, love then, to have these gents come out and work with us. We could use some fine tuning for sure." You don't have to try very hard to get me to come out and shoot. <laughs> Just saying, you got to throw out an address. Might have to get my pelvis holster now. Nice. <laughs> yeah, he's talking I'm new about, to it, but I love it. He says he open carries. Might have to get a pelvis holster now. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's a. Open carry does have its value, and concealed carry has its value. And, Bingo. Um, depending on the situation, the value changes. So so if you're in a bank and you are open carrying and the robber comes in, you're who dead. do you think he's going to shoot first? Yeah. You know, he might so even in my opinion, before uniform yeah, security, in my opinion, that's the value of concealed carry. It well, is. In, in a perfect world, everybody open carries. Oh, I agree. I'd love to live in that. I agree. Way. In a perfect world, everyone open carries uh, a nuclear device, <laughs> and everybody says "sir" or "ma'am" at the end of every sentence. It'd, it'd be the national utterance. But I feel like I'm in a wired or movie here. All right. <laughs> All right. Chelsea says, "What a coincidence that what Mallory just told me." Um, so, so Chelsea, it's my understanding that you might be joining us on the 11th and 12th. She is. I just Good. got her registration yeah. to come through. Good. Yeah. Join Good her. Good for you. An Chelsea. hour or two before we got here. It's a great class. Go to it. And then, of course, uh, we've got O'Malley May on there. She is my instructor of the first one. Is she going to be there as a... She is, yeah. She's, um, oh, she, she's gonna she get wasn't the... going to until Chelsea registered. She made a seven. So I usually like to keep a... Two students per instructor mm -hmm. ratio. And once we bumped over to seven, I was like, eh, we could use that. So Mallory's just going to come. Good, good. She'll be and good. if I can, I'll make it to that course as well. One of my new deputies that's only worked with the sheriff's office for a short period of time, he's going to come as a student. I'm good. looking forward to having him. I, he's a good hand. He's a great guy. I, I would say right him. now, I would uh, I would dare say the sheriff should send everyone as one of his officers to that course. It wouldn't. I'll tell you what. It would up the proficiency level significantly. It up their proficiency. It would get them. Um, 
get them outside because law enforcement and military shooting, as we said, has a different tempo. Yeah. A yeah. different yeah. Law enforcement's kind of a contain and capture. Military is a locate okay. and eliminate. Well, you and know. not just that, but the range day. Yeah. We don't, we don't rather, talk to our food. Rather controlled. Right. <laughs> you know, right. it's, it's rather controlled. They're like, all right, now squeeze the trigger a little bit. Okay, now shoot. And that's the whole, right. you know, whereas this one, you're expected to be more of an adult. I was the range master at South area for a couple of years and changing between the security, um, qualification and then, um, the SWAT team, you know, weekly verification or, or monthly, you know, the different breakdowns or the sniper shot twice a week and had to qualify twice a week it was totally different and the tempo was different sure so it, it, it made a difference and this carries on more of the tempo that forces you to be the commander of your range day yeah um, we purposely try to raise the stress level as high as we can artificially get it at some point in the class where we don't like just throw you right in the deep end and stress you out as much as we can you know we'll give you some some fundamentals to build off of before we get then but it's then, an actual course it's a school it's not a you're going to go out there someone yell at you while you shoot it's right an actual yeah. we'll school teach, teach you how to do it and then to try to help it stick and make it as most realistic as as we can in that situation we'll try to raise the stress as much as we can and that's part of the reason why we even do a skills test is so that you can understand how you might perform when you're really stressed out and i mean as you'll remember you everybody does it one at a time it's not five people doing a test run and then you all switch out. Like one person does it and we film you. Everybody's mm -hmm. watching you. You know, and we're, you know, you can't fail. You miss outside the box once you fail. If you if you don't move or if you keep your finger on the trigger, if you have test anxiety, it's going to be worse for you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because there is some anxiety there. Uh, David Grossman, Lieutenant Colonel David Grossman, and Gavin DeBecker and john farnham they all tag team off of each other off the idea that stress inoculation training is critical mm -hmm. so that when you get in the real gunfight, your brain says it's okay that i'm stressed i've been stressed before with this gun in my hand it's another it's muscle memory boom yep you just get it done it's a muscle memory beyond the but it's trigger so wall beyond yeah you know i mean i i hope that saying that this is we try to stress you out isn't going to turn away anybody from no it's it's class. a positive stress you know and this course i would like to come to this course i've got something that possibly might be coming up but i'll know at the beginning of this upcoming week if i can come and hopefully you still got room for me but we'll want to do it in the cold yeah because that's another stressor yeah shooting with gloves is a new concept yep. for a lot of people shooting you know, with gloves reloading gas with mask. Gloves. oh yeah. I've, <laughs> yeah I've done it yeah, been there and done that. Yeah, reloading with gloves, um, all of that. We used to do our lab entries on the SWAT team where we'd have a an SCBA mm. and a tank on our back. Ooh. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, you're doing this. Yep. Yeah. That reminds me of something else that I want to point out to people considering firearms training or who do do firearms training is the value of doing force-on-force -force training. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> That'll make you, you sweat. That, you talk about doing adding stress to your training. Having another human being with a gun. Mm -hmm. Now we're not shooting actual bolts at each other. We do that. We do simunitions. Simunitions. But they still the hurt top. like hell. Blanks. You know? Miles is the bottom, but simunitions is the top. And Randy Watt up in Ogden teaches force on force classes a few times a year, and they're phenomenal. 
Yeah. Definitely. And I, I had trained, I had done defensive handgun training for years before I ever went to a force on force class. And I thought I had a pretty damn good idea what I was doing until somebody dressed up and had a gun on them and come around. We were the, the one specific drill that I remember well is I was pretending like I was at a gas pump at a gas station filling up and this guy comes up behind me and says, I need your car. You know, I turn around like, freak, he's already got the gun like at me. Like now what? (laughs) I don't even Mm -hmm. know what to do. And what I, I, that was, that did not go well. The first couple of, couple of runs through that drill and had a lot of critiquing. There's no better trainer for the value of moving your happy ass when you're not squeezing the trigger. Oh yeah. Then force on force. Oh yeah. Yeah. And simulation. I got shot a lot and it hurt. But I shot the other guy a lot too. So I got Good. that going. Simulation still hurt. You guys mm-hmm. are making me feel bad. I shot a, a Logan PD guy in the neck with the AR simulation. Oh. And it, it opened him wide up. It to will. Today I feel terrible about that. Oh, it will. I should have shot the, him somewhere the else. The best Just part be nice. about simulation. Simulations are a soap round. They're a little yeah. pleasant. But it was the best idea ever because it was like a paintball, but some genius said, let's fill it with Tide <laughs> so it washes out, right? So, like, literally, after a day on simulation range, you don't need to add Tide because it is red-colored Tide. Yeah. It's red-colored laundry detergent. Yeah, you just throw it in the washer. And but it's it. a plastic uh, it's a plastic cup that, that, is, that is, has, like, grooves in it. So it, when it hits, it opens up. But it will earn you. But but another valuable thing from simulations is just because you get hit, you can still fight. And yep. it teaches you that if you get hit, to still fight. Don't stop. Don't stop fighting. And you're using even, your weapon. Even if you've been hit fatally, you will. You can remain animated for 11, 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, you know, I'm just kind of warped. If you're going to kill me, I'm taking five of you guys with me. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. that's just the way, you know. Yep. Got a lot of hit points. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. We got to cut you loose. We got uh, January coming in. But, guys, thanks a lot. Go to Defense Sense. Uh, it's DefenseSense.com, correct? DefenseSenseUSA.com. Sign up for the course. Force him to get another instructor in there. That'd be great. There you yeah. go. You know, fill the <laughs> class up. It's it's going to be a fun day. It's going to be cold. You're going to be in a jacket. Maybe we'll have ripping it off. For we'll, we'll take enough breaks to warm up. We'll yeah. take enough breaks to warm up. Not a big deal. But it's it's it is a highly valuable class. Um, it's a two day class. It's a you do a night shoot on the first day, which is if you've never done a night shoot. Um, yeah, that's a, it's totally different. It's a it's so valuable. It's a beautiful thing. One last thing. So most shootings do happen in low light conditions. Yep. And from a civilian defensive perspective, most happen in parking lots and driveways. Your driveway. Yep. And so that that night shooting is invaluable. It is. It is. But anyways, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll be back on in. I don't know probably 10 more minutes. Um, but, uh, you know, let's, let's thank West and, uh, Fred for coming on here. Uh, and I want to make a shout out to Fred. It's rare that you will see a local law enforcement officer that's willing to get down in the mud and look like a fool with the, with the civilians. And that, that impressed me to no end. Uh, most of the time, and this isn't a knock against law enforcement, 
most of the time they won't take the chance of of not looking totally awesome on a range and you'll do that and that's that impresses me that shows me uh, your depth of character it's the only way i can learn we're yeah. very grateful to have fred yeah. oh yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah. definitely all right guys thanks for joining us and we will uh, be back on in a few